Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. I just thought he, he managed the game really well. I made, you know, obviously the, the comeback at the end. Uh, he was six out of seven. I thought he was accurate, good through his reads. Um, you know, he, he was under duress some and, and made some plays, you know, scrambled a couple times. Mike Zimmer talking about my guy, Kirk Cousins, the late-game luminary. That's right, the secondary slayer himself. We'll dive into a Purple Positivity Thursday edition of Purple Daily here and a couple other side discussions we haven't been able to get to yet this week. But we're cheersing Krona Hart Seltzer as the Vikings, if they can pull off what they should, which is a win over a crappy Jags team, Declan. They'll be back to 500 this week. On oh, be uh, just absolutely pounding the Corona Heart Seltzer, the lime flavor, the green lime, just like the green Jaguars. It, it's going to be a, a great wow. Sunday uh, at, at Casa de Declan Goss right as we get in the vent line. I might just have to be crawling in and, and stumbling into the vent line edition on Sunday with with our loyal listeners, who also, by the way, thank you. You're discovering Corona Heart Seltzer. We appreciate all the photos of you at home or at the liquor store buying Corona Heart Seltzer. Because it's the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach Vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! It never really is a moment where you sit down and feel like you've you've done something. You really, until the day you retire and walk away, you're always kind of looking to climb the next challenge and, and uh, make the next play happen, and that's kind of where all my energy goes, um, you know, rather than ever starting to feel like, oh, you did something and you've accomplished something. I think that's where you're primed to get uh, to get knocked off, so... Always, always looking forward. Kirk Cousins, always looking forward. A very zen-like approach yeah. to this run that the Vikings have been on. I want to play one more clip here. This is Kirk Cousins uh, asked if he's getting better at game-winning drives. You know, you're never really, or unfortunately haven't been in that consistent, you know, offense where you're always having the same uh, coordinator and you're kind of building that same rapport. So I look forward to hopefully having that in the, in the years ahead. But, um, um you know, you're always looking to improve in every area of your game. There should be continuous improvement. And uh, as you get older, maybe the gains are smaller, but uh, hopefully they're still there. 
a wise man. Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, Declan Goff producing here, Purple Daily. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Your thoughts on Zen Kirk Cousins before we get into a Purple Positivity Thursday. Here. I need to see a lot more of Kirk uh, being Zen before I buy the fact that it's real. So that's my thoughts on Kirk Cousins. He sometimes doesn't play like he's Zen. No. Uh, but he has played like he's Zen early in the fourth quarter against Dallas and late in the fourth Kirk, quarter against, uh, well, the whole game really. Kirk is, Kirk is when, when it comes to football sort of cliches and putting things in perspective, um, he's probably won a Super Bowl or two. The problem is that the, that those are the words, and we need to see the results consistently. And so, because I mean, he says his corporate quarterback speak is pretty good. Like his his day to day philosophies on life, I think, are sort of uncomfortable and weird. But I think when he's just talking about football, like there, he sa- it sounds like, oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, but what we need to see is the payoff on the field more often, like we did on Sunday. Yeah, credit well, to Kirk Cousins. So there, full circle. We did see the payoff against Carolina. So how many more how many more Sunday minute fifty two no timeout situations that, that he overcame in this situation? Mm-hmm. How many more similar situations do you need to see before you have a complete paradigm shift in your mind and it's like, okay, yep, he has graduated from this level and now he is on this level in terms of being able to carry a team. In my opinion, it's not a set number of those drives. It's going to be a feeling that you think that Kirk Cousins consistently has a chance to do those drives uh, in a way to to get you either into field goal position or actually score touchdowns. So I don't think it's like I can say, well, if I see it three more times, it's for real. It has to be where when you get the ball against the Titans or the Cowboys or the Panthers that you say to yourself, you know what, they've got a good chance to drive down the field. It doesn't mean it's going to happen every time because it just doesn't. Um, But against Tennessee and against Dallas, Phil, it felt hopeless. And what he did on Sunday was a step towards the feeling changing. So it's not, there's not going to be, it's not that I need to see it five times. It's I need to get to the point where he gets the ball with one 33 left and let's say a timeout or two. And I feel that he has a chance to do it. Yep. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities here too. Cause like you're not going to be able to, especially with Dalvin a little bit banged up and maybe having a reduced workload, which we'll talk about that later on in this show. There's going to be plenty of opportunities, I think, maybe against the Bucks, maybe against the Saints, where you're you're down and it's the fourth quarter and you're going to need to drive and, and you the can't Saints hit off made the nice throw too. So I, I just need to I need to have it in my brain that I don't think it's going that that when the Vikings take the field offensively for that drive, I don't feel like it's going to go sideways, which up until Sunday I probably for sure did. So that's going to be the changes when when you think. When the day that we all feel that Kirk Cousins can deliver on his words is the day that it's going to flip. And that's good. You know, it's going to take you a little longer to get on board. Um, you know, I myself have been on board the whole the time. Hat. He's my fourth quarter Pharaoh. He is my Dr. Dagger late in these games. Okay. What's that from the New Testament? Yeah. The fourth quarter Pharaoh. I like the doctor. Dr. Dagger is my is my favorite <laughs> nickname for Kirk. Dr. I just made that up just so you know. If anyone uses it, trademark. Trademark Phil Mackey. I think you got to get Mackie. to the patent store right now, dude. <laughs> so, all right. Purple Positivity Thursday. A lot easier the last month to be positive on this show. If you guys don't mind, I would like to lead off with yeah. some Gary Kubiak love. I feel like we, you know, not that we haven't praised Gary Kubiak here, but I don't know that we've praised Gary Kubiak enough for the job that he's done as offensive coordinator 
with a lot of moving pieces along the offensive line. Gary and Kirk got off to a very rough start, too. So I think we were dumping on Gary in the criticism department for much of those first six games. Yeah, the, the yeah the first few games were just, they were very clunky. The Vikings found a formula after the bye week that started with, mostly started with don't make a mistake in the passing game. Give the ball to Dalvin. Yeah. It was kind of a punishment and a slap on the back of the hand for Kirk throwing double-digit picks in the first you know segment of the season. Mm-hmm. But old Gary Kubiak, football lifer. Coops. As a coordinator or head coach, in his life, has overseen 11 top five yardage offenses, okay? And another handful or more of top 10 offenses, including this year's Minnesota Vikings. Yards per play, the Vikings are second. Total yards, I think they're seventh right now, according to Pro Football Reference. But here's what I want to dig on with Gary Kubiak and the praise I want to give him, okay? Now, some of those top five yardage offenses in his career throughout the 90s came with John Elway. A lot of people could probably put a ball in John Elway's hands in the 90s and do pretty well and hand off to Terrell Davis, right? Not taken away from Gary Kubiak. What I'm most interested in is the handful or more top five offenses he has helped scheme and lead with guys like Jake Plummer in 2004 as My the guy. starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And again, just a just record, Kirk Cousins, I think, is a better quarterback than Jake Plummer. He's a better quarterback than some of the other guys I'm going to bring up here. This is not to say, like... But he's not John Elway. And Gary Kubiak is doing an amazing job and can with any number of running backs, any number of quarterbacks. This is not meant to be a dig on Kirk Cousins. But in 2004, Gary Kubiak with Jake Plummer starting 16 games and Ruben Drones as the starting running back for the Broncos. This was supposed to be a rebuild. This is like the years after Elway and Terrell Davis are gone. And they're winning 10-11 games with... Just a bunch of random dudes running around the field. They still had a top five yardage offense despite 20 interceptions thrown by Jake Plummer. So he's able to take these imperfect pieces and mold them. Mm-hmm. Let's fast forward 2008 through 2010 in Houston. Gary Kubiak led the, in terms of passing game, he led the number four, number one, and number four passing yard offenses in the NFL. So they were... They were first in one of those years and top five in the other ones. And their quarterbacks in 2005, Matt Schaub, who we all know is, is, is decidedly mediocre, but but tricked up with scheme, right? And our guy, Sage Rosenfeld, started a third of those games for Houston in a year in which they finished fourth in the NFL in passing yards. Think about that for a second. Yep. Um, so, and, and the starting running back that season was Steve Slayton. Just, oh, yeah. Another random guy. Just a dude. That, yep. Just a guy. Just a guy. Uh, Ahmad Green. or uh, Amon Green Amon was Green? at 31 on that team. They that from, yeah, he had just right. left the Packers. And the next year, Matt Schaub, so in, in the year that they finished number one in the NFL in passing, Matt Schaub, almost 5,000 yards. He was in the MVP discussion. And again, they had they had just had a revolving door of running backs. Steve Slayton, Ryan Motes, Chris Brown, and Arian Foster was just emerging mm-hmm. into the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say, like, again, this is not meant to... The Vikings have much better weapons. Kirk Cousins is better than Matt Schaub. They have much better weapons than than some of these Houston Texans teams have. But this is just an ode to Gary Bleeping Kubiak for being able to take whatever pieces he has, whether he has a Thielen, a Jefferson, and a, and a Dalvin, or whether he has a Ryan Motes and a Matt Schaub and mold it into a top-five offense. Gary Kubiak, bow down. So, so Dalvin Cook... It's probably next to uh, the time that I think Kubiak and Denver had Terrell Davis. 
Dalvin Cook's probably the second best back that he's ever worked with. What? Or is he the best? He's probably the second best back. Or is he the best? Oh, well, he might be the best ultimately, yeah. but I think it's fair to say right now that a Hall of Fame uh, player in Terrell Davis is number one right now. Dalvin Cook is number two. Now they could flip flop, but my point, my point is what makes this what makes this so intriguing is let's talk about the Gary Kubiak stew post bye week, okay? Because so we got the big bowl of stew, Coop stew, and Coops is stirring it up. But <laughs> you, but you know who comes along? Here's the interesting thing, and people are this is a little bit this is a little bit going off of of what people are probably comfortable with here. But it's Coops is is stirring his stew up. Who comes along? But in this case, the sous chef of the offense that would be Michael Zimmer, and Mike says, "Damn it, Gary." You're great at coaching the run, featuring the run. and all- Mike, who, by the way, hasn't been to the restaurant in like a month and a half. No, you know? he checks in. He checks out. He's, yeah. But you know what he says? He says, Coops, I love the run. You're great at coaching the run. Through six games, I'm a little bit confused about what you're doing, right? So then, then Zim, the sous chef, comes along and puts a big heap in of Dalvin Spice into the stew. And my God, it goes from being sort of bland and tasteless to being one of the great Michelin restaurant creations of all time. I'm just saying I think it's very intriguing that what happened, and I I will focus, I think this is the story of the 2020 Vikings. What happened at the bye week to me, which we don't know the entire story, I mean, I think you can deduct it yourself, but we don't know the real story that's what makes what you just brought up so intriguing because it basically took the pressure off of Kirk. And, and now Kirk has has had the pressure in the last couple weeks sort of reapplied and he's thrived. But if you look at those first six games, right, versus the games after the bye week and how things sort of morphed and things sort of changed, and I wonder who did what, and Kubiak deserves as much credit as you're saying. But it is interesting that they sort of took who they had to rely on completely and for a while they flipped it and it worked. Yep, it's uh and then you know we'll get into this discussion after Purple Positivity Thursday but how far do you take this? Like do you do you do you keep do you let Kirk cook? Do you let Kirk sing? How far do you take this or or do you just sort of rein it back in a little bit, go back to the formula that's been working and we will get to that discussion but Do you per- mess around with the stew, Phil? Do you mess around with the stew? The stew it's right now it's award winning. It's award winning. The New York Times critic loved it. Do you mess around with it? <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. What's your purple positivity for the week? All right. So Pro Football Focus just released. You want to talk about you're the number one Kirk Cousins guy. The leaders in fourth quarter passer rating this season from Pro Football Focus. Focus. Number one, Kirk Cousins, 136.4. Pat Mahomes, 128.5. Yes, it is Kirk Cousins' league, and Pat Mahomes is just playing in it right now, okay? (laughs) This has been great. Kirk Cousins' purple positivity is he is the best fourth quarter quarterback right now. Who would have thought? I think Mackie brought this up on the Wednesday show. Yep, and briefly. This this is the one thing that I would like to separate fourth quarters by what I deem to be the important ones Mm -hmm. and the not important ones. Because Kirk, as I recall, in week one against the Packers, statistically was in the final quarter outstanding. And I was like, okay, who cares? But to your point, Dex, against Dallas and Carolina, I do care a lot. Does this number help or hurt the case for Kirk? Because like... This is like, Pat Mahomes is so absurdly above and beyond any other quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. 
that you see a stat like this and it's like, all right, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I think we all know who we would really want the ball in the hand of. Yeah, it's Kirk Cousins. But it also, come on. <laughs> come on, dude. I, I know. He's your guy. Obviously, obviously. Eight, not 15. Yeah, but, it, but it is a testament to uh, to how well he has played yeah. in most of the fourth quarters this season. He's also, I think the the Dallas game, he had two or three drives early in the fourth quarter. Where, where I, I do stand by my criticism, though, that your work isn't done just because you took the lead and scored with 10 minutes to go, you're, you, well, I just yeah. want to make it clear that your work isn't done as an offense, okay? If if they if the defense gives up a touchdown because they're not very good this year, it's still on you. That's my challenge. It's still on you. You can't just be like, whoa, I mean, they, well, they gave up the lead. <laughs> Is there time on the clock? Okay. And last week, the answer was yes, and Kirk checked the box. I've got another answer to your question about when do we when do we now buy in right like like it goes from being Kirk Cousins let him back can you believe it to oh you know what I'm not surprised here's the day here's the day that it crosses the threshold of this is Dagger Kurt okay Dr. Dagger Dr. Dagger what like Kirk saying whatever here's where he sings okay the day that we say not only did he take the team down the field for a winning score, but he bled the clock dry while doing it. Wow, that's the day. Wow. And so, I'm not. And wait, I'm not. Are you, jo- saying, are you criticizing no, Kirk? No. Are, what I'm saying you is, you're asking Kirk? me. You're asking me, Judd. When will you believe? I will believe when he orchestrates the drive and he bleeds <laughs> it down and he throws the winning score and it's zero colon. Zero two. I'm excited for that to be the next thing that we criticize Kirk for. Is like, <laughs> dude, it's great, man. Uh, love the seven fourth quarter comebacks this year, <laughs> but uh, Russell Wilson doesn't leave that much time on the clock when he does it. So can you mis- can you massage it a little bit? Because it it, it 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 is an art and, and it's something new. But like, complete the fourth quarter comeback first. So. I agree, but you're asking me what's going to get you to believe that will. I got one. All right. So the Kirk stuff is fun to talk about, offense, Dalvin, blah, blah, blah. But I think that we should focus on the bit of this Vikings defense that is really good because there's a lot of flaws now. Defensive line, the corners are are trying to learn on the go. The positivity stat from a defensive standpoint, linebackers, Eric Kendricks and Eric Wilson, are tied for the NFL lead in interception among all linebackers in the National Football League in 2020 with three apiece. And I bring this up because it feels like that's a position now where we're like, hey, go find guys, it's it's fine. And that might be true. But guys like Wilson and Kendricks are a huge reason why this team is competitive. Because if you think about the deficiencies up front, right, and the deficiencies not at safety but at the corners, what's the one piece of this team defensively that you really feel good about and seems to have an impact consistently. Wilson and Kendricks, they have been, I think, outstanding. And I think all of those things are true, and and they've been able to impact things in the secondary because of how great they are in coverage. But if I'm ranking the three levels of defense and like which levels I want to make sure are short up in order, it actually ranks third. It's not part of the positive but. Either. Um, but I, I think I think if you go back, like the game against the Panthers, the front the front four and some help from from blitz packages, they did pressure Teddy. I want to say fifteen times, according to Pro Football Focus. The week before against Andy Dalton, it was like five. So have they? Did they find something even in the in the uh, pressuring of quarterbacks 
from week to week there, or was it just uh, the Panthers are just like I think it's kind Zimmer. Of a sieve along the offense. I think line. Zimmer was afraid that against the Cowboys that Zeke was was going to gash him, which he did. Um, but I think that they purposely laid off the pressure on Dalton to try and stop the run because their run defense is not that good. And they were so bad that against Carolina, which didn't, but by the way, very importantly, have McCaffrey in that game, they went back to doing what they did against Chicago. But keep in mind, Chicago had no run game at all. But I'm just trying to, what I'm trying to do is credit Kendricks and Wilson. And Kendricks has been, in my mind, off the charts good. Mm-hmm. Off the charts good. It's positivity, damn it. Okay, real quick exercise for you guys. Let me pull up the Viking schedule, all right? Let's just play, let's play the Viking schedule game real quick. Okay. Just for fun. We haven't done this in a while. Win. We haven't done this since before the bye week. Okay. Win. Win. Oh boy. Win. The Vikings are five and six yep. right now going into this game against the Jaguars. Yep. All right. So Phil, Judd, Dex. They're five and six right now. Home against Jacksonville. W. To win, right? Yeah. Judd. Win. <laughs> Take the loss. You want to do it. Trap game. Win. It's yeah, a trap it's game. It's a little bit of a trap game. Win. Okay. At Tampa Bay. Win. Really? Win. It's a loss. Win. Home game I might give. Uh, is cooked. Uh, yeah, but the defense is going to get exposed a little bit more than that game, I think. Here's my theory on that game. I, I think, think you're playing on grass, which is going to hurt them against the de- against an offense that, can, that has, yeah. by, by the way, Receivers galore. That's the thing about yep. this: is can your secondary, even with Tom being potentially cooked, can your secondary, can your cornerbacks, I should say, stop their receivers? I have fears. Yeah this this one, this one's easy right now to say. Oh man, Brady looks cooked. All this stuff, right? Well, Brady leads the NFL in completions, and he's got twenty eight touchdowns. And yeah, he's thrown a couple bad interceptions. This is a deep shot, take a chance offense that's still trying to mold itself. No offseason workouts. They just brought Antonio Brown in. So they look a little clunky against, you know, when they lose to the Saints. And the. Yep. my worry here is that I think this is going to be a shootout game in a couple weeks. My worry is that you've got three of the best wide receiver, like one of the best wide receiver trios and Gronk, who still has some juice left. Who's going to cover all of those guys confidently? You Eric know, Kendricks, Eric Kendricks, Eric Kendricks. Yeah, well, Eric Kendricks can cover Gronk, this <laughs> version of Gronk. I think it's a loss. Okay. Home against Chicago. I think that's a win. Chicago's so dysfunctional right now. Yeah. I got that's got to be that's got to be a win. That's a, if they lose, that is a brutal loss. At New Orleans on a short week. I think that's a loss. I'd love to know who's going to start a quarterback cuz I think if Ta- I think if Taysom Hill who's really tricked up starts, I think the Vikings defense can come up with a game plan I agree. to contain him, but if Breeze is back by then, I think it's a loss. I'll I'll go loss. Loss. Just if Breeze fair. doesn't play, it's a guaranteed win for the Vikings for me. If Breeze does play, he might be rusty. I think the Vi- it's a short week. It's a weird week. I think the Vikings win this game. Okay. Plus they have the Saints number. Like it all, it's it's all kind of a Vikings stew here. Mm-hmm. And then on the road against Detroit to end the season. That's a win. It's a win for me. Bev. That's Bev. That's a revenge game for Daryl Bevel. Are you guys kidding? Yeah, it's a win. It's a win. All right. So you guys have them finishing three and two, which would put them at well. I have one loss in the schedule. So oh, I'm, so four. I'm you got. I'm sorry. Seven. Okay, so you've got four and one there. So you've got yep. them nine and seven. Judd's got him finishing eight and eight, right? Because you've got him. Yeah, I have two road losses. Two road losses. And I've got him finishing. Apparently, I've got him four and one too. So I got him nine and seven. 
Nine and seven gets you in. I think nine and seven. Should. Cardinals yeah. have a tough schedule. Tiebreakers, right? Yeah, it comes yeah. down to tiebreakers. Then with Arizona, funky. Yeah, and, is that and, right? And if one of these wins, if you do pull off a win against Tampa, you've completely turned the tables. Let on me that. give you a wild card. A wild card. Uh, an NFC scenario that I think might galvanize this team. Their quarterback situation is a shaky, but I do think that they've got talent. The 49ers, I think, going to Arizona and being isolated there is going to help them. Good. I think it's going to help them because I think it's going to, because they're going to have, and I like this, nothing else to do but basically stew and play football and take out their anger on opponents. And they're not a bad team. That defense can be good. I'm very curious to see now, since they've been kicked out of uh, Santa Clara, what direction San Francisco goes in. Yeah, I think being in a bubble probably helps. just helps focus everything, and it prevents this crap that's happening with Baltimore I'd be in a bubble. this week. You I'd know? be in a bubble. If, if I was yeah. Zim, I'd tell my players, kiss your wife and kids goodbye because you are moving out. How bad do you want it? <laughs> that, yeah. I would. I would say, look, I'm sick and tired. I don't think you can, though, right? I'm sick and tired. Like, if you move ah, your let team the league to come Arizona, out. that's let one the league, thing. Let, let the league challenge me. I'm Zim. Back to the show in just a second here. Let's shout out Federated Mutual Insurance Company, though. They've been supporting us at Score North. They've been supporting us on Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd. And they've been supporting business owners for over 100 years. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, Federated is pleased to announce MyShield, your personalized online destination for risk management resources for your business. MyShield is available 24-7 and can be accessed from a computer, a tablet, a smartphone, or the MyShield app. MyShield's customizable dashboard organizes resources specific to your business. If you want more information, go to federatedinsurance.com and click on Meet MyShield. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. I'm Zim. I'm coming in and I'm saying, you like how this tastes? Because we're all staying in a hotel. I got a couple sound bites for you here. We can we can ditch the music here. I want to play a couple sound bites here for for Judd. I want I want to know what the Judd panic index is when it comes to Dalvin Cook's durability. Like on a oh, scale of like one being uh, your sunglasses on, you're sipping a cocktail, you got no care in the world, and ten being full on. Oh my god! So this is Dalvin Cook. Two sound bites here okay. to provide a health update for one. Got to got to attack the rehab. Got to attack the the process, but I'm good though. I'm good to go. Um, um, it's just another week in the NFL, um, another physical game, and you know, as a running back, and as you know, playing this position more, you know, them the type of games you, you know, you prepare yourself for ahead of time. So I'm good to go. All right, so he's uh, he's attacking the rehab. He's, good. he's mentioned rehab, so he's rehabbing his ankle or whatever. So far, sounds good to me. Well, this is someone asking. Are you concerned about your durability getting worn out? You know, you miss games here and there. You're carrying the ball a hundred times a game. Nah, getting that, Chris, nah, you nah, could wear down or nah, anything? Nah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Wear down? What is that? What that mean? I'm asking you. What that mean? I mean, you're lying for over 300 carries. I mean, you're obviously a very tough guy. But, I'm a running uh, back. I'm a running back like just like anybody team. else. I don't think it's a question you'll ask Derek Henry or anybody else. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a running back. I know wearing down. And I, I'm, I'm ready to tote the ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's football. All right. What is okay. the Judd Panic Index? Okay, so the panic is actually more based on the uh, Gary Kubiak quote that I saw this week in which Koobs, Koobs of all people, basically admits we are wearing Dalvin down. That that it you know the workload of Dalvin has been so excessive, and it obviously has been. The panic is at 
It's not a 10. That's too high. Um, the panic is at approximately a seven right now. And here's why. Okay. He's he is the question that Chris asked is correct. I mean, he is carrying the, the ball. I want to say that I saw a stat that he's on track for something like 325 touches or 350. Yeah. I mean, some. And, and so I covered uh, the year before Adrian Peterson got here, Phil, in 2006. I covered Chester Taylor's first year here. And I want to say he had something like 303 touches. And he, he had been behind Jamal Lewis with Baltimore before that. And I remember when um, Chester Taylor left the locker room after the 2006 season that he was like absolutely, he could barely walk. He's like, I got to go get so much rest. So my panic is at about a seven. And but here's my question. Because that's only a problem if it's going to be a detriment to the team itself. Because it's not like these carries and touches have caught up with Cook, and he's like, oh, oh my God, I'm touching the ball a ton. The Vikings have very much known, especially post-bye week, what they're doing. So the panic's at a seven, and the question is this. Is Kirk prepared to, in the past two weeks, the answer has been yes, to take the load, the responsibility, back on his shoulders so that if if Cook continues to play, but now you work in... Madison, you work in more of the passing game. Is Kirk now at a place of confidence where it's not going to, for lack of a better term, mind bleep Kirk Cousins to basically turn the offense back to him, which does not mean that Dalvin Cook is eliminated, but it does mean that the days of Kirk post bye week in those first two games, I believe he averaged 17 passes per game, that that goes up drastically and stays up and that you can count on Kirk to take the reins and lead you um, with Dalvin still playing an important role, but not being the only guy on the marquee, which is what he was probably for three or four Yeah, weeks. so a couple things. I, I, I want to address Dalvin Cook. By the way, just on-air production meeting, uh, my battery on my camera is at like 5%. So okay. if you lose me, you won't lose my audio. You'll just hear me from the rafters this on our a, YouTube channel. This so is the type of thing. This team can't afford that. <laughs> what is going on? Hey, Zim! So um, Dalvin Cook said, I think that was, was that Chris Thomason who asked that question yeah. on the call? Yep. And, uh, and you know, Chris, Chris kind of jumps back and he's like, well, I mean, you carry the ball 300 times. And Dalvin's like, shut up. <laughs> right? But then Dalvin said, you wouldn't ask that question to Chris Henry. I'm a running back. And I think the insinuation is, well, why wouldn't you ask that question to Chris Henry like or, or to uh, Derek, Derek Henry? Sorry. Uh, you oh, know, Chris. we're both running backs. Like, what is like, what is the what is the reason why you're asking me that? And, and no one asked him that. Well, the answer is obvious. Derek Henry's missed two games in five years in his NFL career. Mm-hmm. And Dalvin has missed a lot of games with knee injuries, ankles here and there. You know, whatever, whatever it is. Got an ankle now. You're right. Yep. So. And is some of that bad luck? Maybe is is Derrick Henry just like the luckiest running back ever? Is he or is he just built like a brick house and and he injures more guys running through them than than vice versa? Um, Derrick Henry's more durable. It's a fact. And and so I don't I didn't really I didn't really love like throwing like that's an obvious answer, Dalvin. They don't ask Derrick Henry because he never misses games. They're asking you because you miss games. Um, now, if if this turns into he's got to get some reduced workload or he has to miss a game or two because he's just wearing down, I would be a little worried offensively. I think you should you should attempt to keep the same balance, run the ball first. That's what you're comfortable doing, even with Alex Madison. Even if there's a drop-off in production there, Alex Madison is still a good running back, and the offensive line is better at run blocking than pass blocking, 
And Kirk Cousins is better at play action than stand back and shotgun four or five wide, spread them out. Mm-hmm. So even though it's not as effective of a formula with Dalvin Cook, it is still a Dalvin Cook, Gary Kubiak, run blocking first schemed offense yep. than well, now it's officially time to let Kirk cook. Four wide, you're going to call it at the line of scrimmage. Uh, good luck offensive line in pass protection, right. et cetera, yeah, et cetera. That's, right? a great, that's a really good point. So even without Dalvin, I think it is still Gary Kubiak's schemed offense in a, in a run-blocking first offense that you should lean into. And it is nice to know that if those things go away the last couple weeks, Kirk, you know, all right, Kirk can maybe pull a game off at the end. We'll see. I think the important important thing to find out is how much, and this has nothing to do with physical ability, how much mentally can Kirk take? I really do. Because I, I, we have seen the last two years that Kirk physically has the ability to thrive if circumstances are right and he is mentally right. Like, I really, I really believe that the reason why teams love Kirk or, or get enticed by Kirk is because I do think the physical attributes as a quarterback are 100% there. I think it's all about finding out what he can take. And at the beginning of this year, I think it was, Kirk, it's your show, and Dalvin's important, but it's your show. And Kirk's like, oh, my God, no, 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 no. And then they flipped the script, and Dalvin thrived. And then Kirk's like, oh, yeah, I'm back in. Yep. So I, I really think that we are talking. I don't think we're talking about a guy who can't do it physically. I think he's got the arm talent. Uh, he, he doesn't sense pressure great, but I do think that he can be a very, very good quarterback, but he has to be mentally right, and often he's not. Yep. So I don't know how much this weekend's game against the Jaguars, like if the Vikings roll the Jaguars, it's not going to tell us a lot because they should roll the Jaguars. Sure. I think the real conversation starts Tampa Bay, trap game against Chicago, <laughs> New Orleans. We're going to find out a lot here about a lot of different guys in this team. You don't beat Chicago, I will annihilate them. I will annihilate <laughs> I them. Yep. They deserve it if they don't beat Chicago. Tampa Bay, I could see. Right. Tampa's a tough one. They're they're not going to be favored in that game. That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Seven days a week, Vikings discussion. Your battery didn't go out. It's blinking at me right now. Okay, let's get done. Should we just sit here until it goes out? No, no, no. no that's no, fine. No. Staring yeah, it, contest? It, it, no, it could take a while. No, Sam Bradford. We, want, we don't want you to stop <laughs> blinking or anything. Well, Sam Bradford versus Tony Dungy in a staring contest. Who blinks first? Six years later, they're oh, both still gosh. staring at each other. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily. <laughs>